Hello everyone, welcome to the Lawcast. My name's Melanie Thorley and this is Christy Santana. Are we all good? We're all good and we're solicitors of MJT Law. And this is eBay once again. eBay has been a little bit demanding today so we'll... Excuse me. Excuse me. We'll we'll keep trucking on. So, anything new? No, not, in a the whole, zoo? not a whole lot, in my, uh, in my sphere. What well, about you? I'd like to say to everyone that I am right. I like being right, and I was you, right. You are right. You picked what was going on <laughs> with the government well, and you looked through the That's right. cryptic messages in all their uh, interviews. That's, yes. Yeah, um, they, they're, never really, they're never really straight up with something. I, They'll I, just... I was right. Yeah, I like being right, everyone. For for those who don't know me, I do love being right. And lawyers, lawyers love being right. So, uh, what I'm right about is this mandatory vaccination question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what I said weeks and weeks ago was that I thought it was lawful for almost any industry to um, to man to uh, uh, impose mandatory vaccination on their employees. Oh. And I was quite happy to provide both alternative views. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out through the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court. Yeah, in yep, New South Spring Wales. Yeah, Supreme Court, New South Wales. Uh, yeah, it's concluded that I was right. Whoopee! Yeah, so I suppose for everyone out there, there was a challenge uh, from a number of different mm. employees from different areas of the public sector uh, in New South Wales who had been uh, mandated to get the vaccine and they put in a, a class action. They did. And they lost. They did. They did lose. They lost. And the... I'm not certain whether it was a joint judgment or was it a single, it was a single judgment bit. I think it was a single judgment, mm. but yes, uh, they concluded that it was perfectly lawful to vaccine, um, to mandate. But I also, what I, what I'm also like being right about uh, is that I think a few weeks ago um, I take a lot of calls on this question, mm. and I <laughs> give my legal advice. I do not provide a, a personal opinion mm. uh, or you know a medical opinion or anything like that. But I did say to an employee that I believed it that notwithstanding mandatory vaccination in industry, there is a wave coming. And at the mm. beginning of that wave, that what was happening at that time was we had just uh, had Victoria mandate vaccinations for almost everybody. And we talked about this. And um, I said the wave was coming. And the next thing we knew is that Tasmania shut their doors to anybody unvaccinated. Yep. Then Western Australia said anybody in, in incidental to the energy resource industry needed to be mandated vaccinations. Uh, and now South Australia has Everyone just said. announced yep. that they're going to shut their doors to anybody who is unvaccinated. And we've also found out today that Aldi, Coles and Woolworths yeah. are, requ- are requiring um, their, all their entire mm. employees to be vaccinated. Now, there, there's a slightly separate thing with Coles from, mem- from memory of mm. the reading mm. of the they're, material. They're sticking with, like, along the lines of... New South Wales, Victoria, The governments South that have actually yeah. mandated, they're yeah. sticking with it. Um, but uh, Aldi and Woolworths are just saying everyone. So that's actually... There is a way, mm. I think, coming. And look, whatever our views are on vaccinations, I think, I think those who are choosing not to be vaccinated are going to find it harder and harder to move around, to attend mm. venues, to, yep. to do all these things. And I think the world's changing. And if we bring it to back into the employment sphere, it's most jobs require travel. 
Yeah. And it's not, it's not, we're not talking travel as in a truck travel. travel. No. Um, you know, even as a, as a lawyer, I yeah. travel. Across um, town. From time to time. Into court, yeah. We, um, we leave our desks yes. and move somewhere. And um, it would become an inherent requirement of my role as soon as a court or, you know, you, you can foresee a situation where the, the government says that if you want to be in a government building, mm. courts, um, mm. you know, departments of transport, things like that, you mm. need to be vaccinated. And just like that, it would become a requirement of my role. And Well, it's not going to take long for, say, New South Wales or Victoria. Uh, Victoria's already done it, but it's gonna, not yep. going to take so long for New South Wales. And there may be a time where you have to attend court in another in, state. In state. And if I can't travel there... It's just going to become then. really interesting. So, yes, I'd like to tell everybody that I like being right and I was wrong. I, I was wrong. I, I mean, I know it's a very strange subject to be right on and it was not particularly difficult to be right, but it's still... I'll, Absolutely. I'll, I'll take the still still Take the word where I can get it. It, uh, you know, I'll admit that, you know, when it wasn't certain, I was on, on the other side of that advice and... Mm. But I, lots of practitioners were. You weren't alone in that view. It was when, it the, it was when the times were a lot more uncertain to them. And I know, called it, it very early. Mm. Yeah, very, very early. And mm. I, could have, I could have been wrong. Yeah. 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 But I think you'll find you're right that um, there may be a few rogue judges here and there. And we have seen a couple. And oh, yes. there is a particular um, decision, which is a... Uh, fair work commission. A fair work commission um, decision, and uh, they were incredibly scathing. This particular commissioner. Oh, mandatory. There was a mandatory flu shot from him. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yes, and he was. Obviously, uh, they brought it, the COVID vaccine into it, um, and they were incredibly discouraging. They were. They but were. That represents. The and everyone outlier. went. <gasps> but it's an outlier. Yes. It's an outlier, people. But yes, I, uh, I, really, this is about me being right today. <laughs> gonna, I'll take the small one. Take it. But there was, there was a recently a different case. This is a high court case, and this is an academic, a professor at a university, yes. who was fired for serious misconduct as he questioned the impact of climate change on the Great Barrier Reef. And this is fascinating, because this is a little bit like academic privilege i guess yeah to, the ability to, to write what you want and freedom of speech something. essentially um yeah and uh, james cook university head of physics he emailed a journalist so it went so what did, so what did he well it exactly says do? well i'm just i'm just reading it here people but yeah it says here that uh Dr. Red was employed by james cook university and he emailed a journalist questioning reports about the degrading reef suggesting they weren't reliable and raised issues um, in relation, um, the, the, the issues and ideas raised in the email related to his field of expertise, mm -hmm. and they were honestly held opinions, were not lawful, unlawful or defamatory. But they didn't, uh, I don't think they passed what you would call the pub test. You know, they had all those policies in place mm. that talked about um, uh, intellectual freedom protected mm, mm. by the enterprise agreement and so on and so forth um but yeah this is this is really interesting because this this talks to what you know climate change skeptics and all this sort mm. of thing um and we know at the moment our government is uh in the midst of a disagreement with their own party as to how climate change is going to be dealt with moving mm. forward uh, i'm just really interested to see how this the whole thing plays out because while I was watching the news this morning, I said to my husband, 
I, I'm a climate change believer. <laughs> okay. I mean, if that's the flip side to uh, yeah, skeptics, yeah, or... I'm a climate change believer. I believe climate change is happening, and I believe that we need, as a world, to be changing our ways. And I'm like anybody who knows me knows that I, you know, recycle. Yeah, you're very, you're very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know. You ride to work, you know. I ride my bike to work. I re not just recycle things. I upcycle things. Mm. I reuse. I use them to the dead, so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, this is, this is kind of fascinating to me that this uh, academic's out there and he was terminated for holding the view. Was he terminated for a breach of a policy? He was. Uh, breach of code of conduct, failing to treat others with respect and courtesy in a public discussion. And right, so they've actually, it's not the view, it's <laughs> not the, the view, view, it's the way he said it, yeah. or the, what he was doing. Now, because we, we see it, you know, in a lot of employment contracts which are you know, that you're to act courteously. Well, yes, but you, this whole thing went to the High Court. I have actually read quite a quite a few of the cases leading up to yeah. it. Yeah. And he's, um, he had lost twice. Yes. But, you know, he he's is pressuring. pressing for it. Um, I think, like it says here, that the court found that the first censure um, and part of the basis for the final censure was unjustified, but because it was a all-in, sorry, Argument, all yeah. or nothing basis, they had to hold it to be uh, uh, <laughs> a dismissal. Yeah, I guess so. Um, in all, it says here that uh, Dr. Redrunner's case on an all or nothing basis, the termination for the decision was justified on the reliance that upon conduct they were subject to the misconduct findings not protected by intellectual freedom clause. But you've been watching this case. I have been watching it, um, and it actually has gotten quite a lot of political uh, sort of attention um, because, you know, as you can imagine, it gets it gets tired and gets sucked mm. into the climate debate. Mm. Um, and the real attention it got was the idea that someone isn't able to you know, views are being clamped down on. Oh, yes. Um, and I think it, the outside noise really loses sight of what those types of policies and what a breach of a policy generally is. Mm. Um, and um, it kind of failed to take into account the fact that when he breached it, he knew what he was doing, he knew his obligations under it and nevertheless did it. And it's the idea of being belligerent and being, mm. um, you know, just complete disregarding what the views of that particular university was. And um, they never really said to him that he can't say it. Mm. They really, it was more in relation to the way he was doing it and how kind of open to the world he was being. Right. Um, they also kind of mentioned that it's... it's Because it becomes part of the university story too. That's yeah. the problem, right? And um, they really... Some of the outside noise didn't really touch on the fact this happens... This actually applies to everyone. Mm. Uh, although the idea of being fired for intellectual freedom is, from what I really can tell, is only applies to academics so I, narrow, I, I don't know it? how that would apply to anyone else it's very narrow but it still goes to the idea of kind of what you say in the public domain mm. and how that 
reverts back into your employment? This is really interesting. Social media, what happens yeah. next? Uh, for those who don't know, we are about to mm. um, have uh, be part of a, mm. a seminar. Yeah. And part of the seminar will be, is us talking about social media and, and the impact yeah. it has on it. And this is a really interesting one. I like... I like the idea that employers can control their own story because yeah. why shouldn't they? It's their business. Yep. Uh, employees are, well, let's say business lasts 40 years. Mm. You're going to have not the same employees for the entire 40 years. It's a little like civil service. The civil service maintains, or the, the secret service, and yep. maintains no matter who is in power. And I think. I think it's important for the company to be able to control their story and if there is a, um, a point of view that the company is taking and we've we've talked about mm. this in the past uh, their ability to to be able to give their own values to the business uh, if there is an employee who doesn't who promotes an interest outside of the values of that business mm. I think I think there should be policies in place to prevent that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, a lot of it comes back to the, you know, how these sort of things get reported. So, um, if we take it to an academic, um, if he makes a, a comment on a particular issue that's keep it to climate change, mm -hmm. what it will be reported as it will be James Cook University, University. academic, you know, lecturer, yeah, uh, blah, said yeah. This. climate change skeptic, yeah, you know, and, and they your overblow views it. become views yeah. of the the organisation, yeah. and yeah. that is going to happen for almost everyone. Yeah, um, and really, it's part of what you buy into. Yes, it's it's you really have to take a, a broad view of what it is to join an organisation. Mm. You buy into mm. what they're talking about. Mm. And something that he potentially failed to take into account was when he was working there, in return for the remuneration that he was receiving, he was, you know, you buy into the other obligations. And one of them was to keep to the story. And they weren't asking him to say things that were contrary. No. There was no um, obligation for him to say that. To have some, a different view. To have a different view. Just if you have a different Call view. Call your jets, dude. Call your jets. Um, and you know what? I think. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, and look, you know, he's probably going to take it pretty, pretty harshly. Well, this is it. It's done. The high courts can't go any higher. So those who don't understand um, or haven't really thought about the system here, um, high court is the last court to yeah. to go to. There, there's no nobody else to complain to after you get to the high court. You might start in a district court, you might start in a, a lower federal court jurisdiction, you go through the court jurisdictions and then the last place you can go is the high court. Mm. Once the high court makes a decision on something, there is nobody else reviewing that decision. Oh. There's no appeal decision from the high court. So this is the end for him. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, he might continue in, in the public domain a, a and he'll personal. fight the you know, freedom of speech, but I don't know about you, but I take a very differing view on what it is to have rights or freedoms. I take a view that, technically speaking, you've got a right to do whatever you want. Okay. You have a right to do everything in, in that is humanly possible, including things that are completely unethical and wrong. But equally, there are... You don't have a right to your freedom if you murder someone. Well, you've got the freedom to do so. But there are freedoms which, uh, there are rights which can come against you. For example, okay. the ability to be punished. Yeah. 
Um, and in this particular case, he has the right to speak what he wants, but he also comes with it consequences. Um, and you know, you've got ultimate rights and freedoms, doesn't mean that there isn't consequences. They're not mutually exclusive, not in my eyes. Well, for those of, for those of you who are um, friendly towards this chap's views, then you know it's 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 mm. a sad day for them. Yeah, for those of you who feel the same way as Chris or I do, it's mm. it's just another step in the process. Yeah, but okay. uh, I've got another case. You've that got something I, else going on, and it's you come up with the weird. I get come up with the weird cases. Uh, <laughs> we had the urine one a few weeks ago. The urine one. Um, that, that, <laughs> that lady down in the Gold Coast, but this one is uh, involves in Victoria. Okay, uh, and it involves a chap who was under investigation for harassment, bullying harassment. Okay. And the case I think represents a bit of a rock and a hard place mm -hmm. for a particular organization. So he uh, received um, two investigations and he received um, reports about the investigation right. um, to him in order for him to respond to. Right. So he had Allegations. Allegations put to him. Yeah. Now, in the report put to him, there was reductions. Now, okay. um, the reductions were explained by saying that they were to protect those who were making the allegations against him. Okay. They didn't choose to just rewrite the report without that part in it? For whatever reason, they, they didn't do so. Okay. So, yeah, it's fine. Um, they just took the report, redacted and gave it straight to him. Yep. Um, now, they may not have had an opportunity because he actually filed... Uh, the application oh, upon, on the procedural okay. grounds. I see, I see. So it became it became something it, that yeah. they had to be determined. Provided. Okay. Um, and he ended up being successful. Okay. Um, and successful in what? In his application uh, to essentially be afforded procedural fairness and be receiving a, a full report in order for him to okay. um, respond to. Um, now, they the court found that essentially by not providing him all the details they didn't have all the information in front of him in order to adequately respond wow. and on one hand i understand that i understand it as a, as a general principle but then on the other hand i also think the organization was really trying to do the right thing they weren't trying to rob him of the opportunity they were really just trying to probably stop reprisal or embarrassment or really trying to protect the complainants in a way which would encourage others to do the same at a later time and you know we're hearing lots of noise about you know employers making sure that they do you know they take steps to, to protect a, to protect someone who's complaining about harassment or bullying doesn't want their entire story to be told again on a piece of paper to the person yeah. so they can sit there and pick it to pieces that's and continue to bully and harass that person. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, the courts now found that you, know, you, you can't. You, you really do need to put it and particularise it to that in particular employee. And So what's the answer here? I mean, is, is it I, an outlier? Is this one of these outliers we've been talking about? I mean, maybe this is the Victorian Court of Appeal, so oh, it's, it's pretty yeah. high up, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think of the idea that essentially caught that employer is caught between a rock and a hard place? Oh, look. I think I think the employer could have provided the allegations to that person without providing the report. Because mm. um, what you're saying is you need to provide you whatever investigation you do, 
that person needs to receive it. Yeah. Now, there are ways to present a report or write a report yeah. that doesn't provide everything. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's... you know, you could have the witness statement and then write a report. You don't have to put the entire witness statement into a mm. report, which seems like they could have possibly done. Um, look, it, it could have been, it could be an outlier because it could, was, it could have been based on, oh, I haven't read the case. Yeah. Uh, it could have been based on the fact that there was no names or no dates. So the person couldn't go, oh, it was this person. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're saying you called somebody a stupid head and it's inappropriate, and if you're doing that all the time, how do you know who complained? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm interested to see where this case goes. Uh, you know, it may, it may go somewhere. Um, and some commentary that comes after it, because I think it's one that, you know, really leaves, leaves it in the lurch. Um, I think it's going to make it hard for employers to protect the complainant at the same time as provide the, uh, the person who's done the offending, mm. alleged offending, mm. a chance to respond. But in my view, the only thing that is required is to properly particularise the complaint in order for the person to be able to identify properly uh, what's going on so they can make mm. a, they, they can put a response in and that response might be I didn't do that or that response might be uh, This was actually the story. This mm. is what actually happened that day But enough to be able to set that person's mind back yeah. and maybe actually the problem is it just didn't do that Maybe I mean one of the the allegations which were put to him was uh, that he was inappropriately accessing um, uh, Sorry looking up um, specific customer Details, um, well, not customer details. Um, what? Uh, sorry, um, searching. You know, when you're in the in the sort of police force or any of those things, looking up people that you shouldn't have, or if you work for a bank, you're not supposed to be looking, looking at up people's bank details. That, that you yeah, know, you know, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can imagine, you know. Happens on TV all the time. They call up a mate. Hey, mate, can you can you just look up this guy? I just want to find out, you know, where they went yesterday. Mm. And so, if you think about a bank, uh, the allegations put that you've been accessing um, uh, inappropriate searches. Right. And let's just say because real it happens in real estate as well. You're not meant to be using your real estate license mm. thingy to look up everybody's. You know, oh, what do next door neighbour pay for their house, yeah. sort of thing. You yeah. don't need to be doing that. Not supposed to be doing or that. who owns something if it's a rental, stuff like that. So, I mean, take that that real estate example. Mm. What happens if the person for which you were searching is also an employee, and that employee is also the complainant? Because you can imagine, yeah, how are you going to particularise that report where they may do hundreds of searches, um, and well, you say you've done one that was inappropriate and then the natural question is which one yeah I think there is a way to do that you can identify a either identify all of them mm. and write the list or identify uh, a you know a reasonable portion of them mm. you know you can you could probably say you you accessed ABCDEFGHI further you know 
this is not an exhaustive list. We can provide you an exhaustive list if requested. Yeah. But this is an example, and what we didn't want you to do was access stuff like this. Yeah. This is the big example. Yeah. You know, and then you know, up to the up to the to the respondent to make a call as to whether that's enough information for them to go. Oh, I can see where they're going with this. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't. You don't necessarily have to give the entire list. But we've we've had that before. We've had yeah, people given, um, you know, been given entire lists before, and it's like five hundred pages long, yeah. and we've been given a portion or a, a selection mm. of the list. Um, I wonder if. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> eBay's looking <laughs> so naughty. I Off wonder if. Good cow. Almost. What the reduction is is almost a lazy way of governing. An enterprise, and what I mean by this is, oh, look, I don't think they should ever. I, I I would never say to an employer, "Hey, look, what you should do is take the entire report, redact it, and hand it over." That is just asking for trouble. It is asking for trouble, and I, I just think being able to redact it is is trying to protect against rep reprisals. But that in of itself is something that shouldn't be going on, and definitely a reason for for dismissal I just so what I think is instead of redacting <laughs> what are you doing you're a crazy dog <laughs> instead of redacting it just govern what's there if he, if the person you know starts contacting the complaint that they're out you know like that's an absolute reason for dismissal well this is it I think <laughs> Or, you know, if they're not keeping it confidential, you know, they are, you know, so-and-so made a complaint about that is absolutely a reason. And that in of itself, I mean, govern the problem, not trying to get it on the front foot. Yeah, I think, notwithstanding, it is really hard for employers to get it right all the time. Mm. And, and it's, there's such an onus on them to do that. It's really, and we've talked about this in terms of underpayments and things before, mm. it's just the awards are like landing the space shuttle into the Hudson River. Yeah. How do we how do we navigate these really tricky awards and mm. and ask the employers to get it absolutely right all the time? And the penalties for not getting it That's right so are so appalling mm. that you know we we want to leave it to the the the, the hardcore you know offenders. Mm. But how do we know that they're just not well, wrong? I mean, my, one of my sort of the way I see it. Laws that don't work, or they're not, you know, fit for purpose. Is I don't believe inadvertent breaches of any act, whatever it may be, should incur a significant penalty. You know, if someone, you know, we shouldn't be bringing it into situations where they pretty well did everything wrong. They just interpreted one particular thing wrong, or just got really bad advice. Got bad but advice. we know we know the ATO don't care if you get bad um, accounting advice. No. So I guess, you know, we're looking at it from a personal perspective. Mm. But wow, it's yeah, it's tough to get to get it right as an employer these days. And the laws are only getting more complicated. Yeah. There's there's no two ways about it. And yeah, the onus is on, on you know, being able to put on multiple masks or you know, put multiple faces <laughs> is, is hard. Look, all I can say is as in interpreting employment law, I'm glad that this is the only thing we do. Because I can't imagine yeah. doing this and doing Good something else stuff. and it not taking up all my time already. Do you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know it how. It is such a specialised area. I just, <laughs> just am glad that we don't have to do employment law without doing and doing something else at just, the same time. I just couldn't imagine it. 
Alright, well, I think that's yeah. Week. Thank you very much, everyone, and hopefully you'll all agree that I like being right. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't really? I mean, you know, I know people say you shouldn't gloat, but you know. No, absolutely. We, we we're good at what we do, and we should take the wins where we can get them. Yeah. Goodness sakes, we know we get enough. Uh, uh, oh. difficulties in this in people this. will tell you when you lose they don't tell you they when you win they do tell us when we lose we're not losing even when we don't agree with them they when tell you us yeah. <laughs> you don't agree that you've oh won um, <laughs> yeah. no, that's I'll, I'll, I'm going to take the wins yeah, where take I can get them and enjoy it for the for I'm going to enjoy weeks. it for the, for the short time that I'm going to have it to the next issue really. to the next issue everyone we will come back thanks for watching the Lawcast see ya